Utterhead Sports here coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. Yeah, the greatest. I said it. We've got the Red Sox. We've got the Celtics. We've got the Bruins. And we've got the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. So we've got it all. And make sure to follow Chowderhead Sports on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is ch.sports. You get live updates on uh, you know games that are being played and um, you know news that as soon as it comes out because you know these podcasts can't do them every single day but you know a lot of the news can come out instantaneous on on those other platforms so check it out and let's just jump right in it's it is so amazing right now as a New England sports fan and I feel like I say that a lot because well let's be honest we have been pretty lucky with the with the success of our teams but it just look at it the Celtics are the number one seed in the NBA East. The Bruins are in the playoffs, and the Red Sox are it are just starting to heat up. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. But the, the the Red Sox are on, just you know, um, getting the season underway. At least we can say that. And the Patriots won the Super Bowl, so it's just a great time. It's unbelievable. Uh, so jump right in now. Celtics. I remember getting so excited for the Celtics-Cavs game like two weeks ago or a week ago. And I said that if you love Boston sports, if you love any sort of competition, watch this game. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, my God. All right, let me tell you how easy the Celtics had it compared to the Cavs. The Celtics did not play for two nights prior to the game against Cleveland. The Celtics were at home, so they didn't have to fly out anywhere. As soon as their game, I think it was on um, like Sunday, there was their last game. After Sunday's game against the Knicks, I want to say. I could be wrong. You fly back home, and you have two days and then you play the Cavs. You don't have to fly anywhere. You're home. It's in the TD Garden. You had two days of rest. The Cavs didn't. The Cavs had the second night. It was they, they played the day before. It was the second night of their back-to-back. And they had to fly in and didn't get into Boston until, you know, I think late Tuesday night, even early Wednesday morning. I have no idea. But they had to travel. They were already tired from the game before against the Magic. Uh, the Celtics had it all lined up. The Celtics were playing for more. You know, they were playing to prove themselves. To the the Cavs are are good. Everyone knows that the Cavs are a clear contender. They won it all last year. They've been, you know, LeBron James has been to six straight NBA Finals. No one is doubting the Cavaliers' ability to perform in clutch situations. Everybody is doubting the Celtics' ability to clutch to perform in clutch situations. And the Celtics sucked. They were trash, garbage. They got they got absolutely pounded on national television in their own court. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavs came in to Boston and said, "No, no, no. You guys aren't better than us. You guys don't matter." Because basically, people were saying like, "Wow, the Celtics just came back and you know, overtook him for the one seed, and, you know, how's Cleveland going to respond to that? And LeBron's like, do you think I care about regular season games? 
do you think I really does it really matter to me? He's like, no, like I'll care about the playoffs. So you, I mean, they didn't even care. It's not like Cleveland circled this one on the calendar. Like, wow, Celtics, this is gonna be a tough one. They were just like, meh, we don't really care. Whereas you know, everyone in that Celtics locker room was amped to play that game that they wanted that game, and you got demolished. You got it was so bad that I turned it off, went to bed early. I'm like I'm not staying up for this. Um, I think they lost by twenty, twenty-five, something like that. I don't know, but to me that that opened my eyes to the fact that you can't you can't be a contender if you don't have a clear-cut superstar. And I know everyone's gonna be like, well, Isaiah Thomas is a clear-cut superstar. Isaiah Thomas is not LeBron James. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not Russell Westbrook. He's not Steph Curry. He's not Kawhi Leonard or James Harden or even I'll throw Giannis Antetokounmpo in there. He's none of those caliber superstar players. Um, uh, maybe Damian Lillard. I'm trying to think if I forgot if anyone uh, – of those of those like higher tier players he's good listen isaiah thomas is good he's great but he's not in that category so don't put him there all right celtics fans don't don't innate him as one of the greatest in the games right now like i'm talking greatest like hall of fame worthy careers you're looking who's going on from the current you know from right now in 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 the nba you know look at who's playing and who's going to the hall of fame I'll make a list. Number one, LeBron James. Number two, Kevin Durant. Those two guaranteed Hall of Famers. Steph Curry, if he keeps shooting the way he is, Hall of Famer. Kawhi Leonard gets another ring, Hall of Famer. Russell Westbrook. Uh, that's tough. No ring. You know what I mean? Has a lot of, um, you know, team problems. Maybe. All right. He averaged a triple-double this season, so, yeah, maybe. All right? Um, Isaiah Thomas? No. No chance. So I think it's important that people don't forget that, that he's not this, you know, unbelievable, like, world-shattering you know, world talent. He's a five foot eight shooting, you know, five-foot-eight shooting point guard who doesn't get blocked as many times as he should and can make some tough shots but he's not he's not he's not capable of taking over a game and listen he's dropped 50 before i know it i saw it you know he's he's put up 20 in the fourth quarter numerous times i know it i saw him do it he's not there he's not there and you know what with his age i don't think he's ever going to reach that next level you know and we'll see maybe he takes off in the playoffs and he shuts me up. But right now, Isaiah Thomas is not that guy. So don't think he, so. Don't think that he is. So anyways, after getting humiliated by Cleveland, the Celtics went on to lose to the uh, Hawks the next day. And then they, I'll, I'll give it to them, they battled out the end of the season and they ended up, regardless of the fact that they got demolished by the Cavs, the Celtics did become the one seed in the East. And that's impressive. I, I give Brad Stevens a lot of credit. This team, since they don't have a clear-cut superstar, they were able to still get the one seed. That's impressive. Um, I don't think anyone expected us to, to have the one seed at the end of the season. Um, you know, you easily could have said, oh, maybe the 
obviously the Cavs were the favorites. The Raptors were like a close second. Celtics, I don't even know if they were third. Maybe the maybe the Wizards definitely were up there. But the Celtics were not some like, you know, oh, Paul George is another superstar. I'm sorry, I totally forgot about him. Anyways, it's not like we were we weren't supposed to be where we are and I think a lot of that's the coaching that we have because I don't think the addition of Al Horford is that big of a deal that would make us better or, you know, elevates us past Cleveland. Um, so I, I, I give a lot of respect there to, to the coach and all of the players. You did something uh, that made me, you know, kind of like look and say, wow, all right, this team has potential. And that should uh, upset a lot of them because potential is unmet. You know, potential is just a word that, you know, when people say you have good potential, you know what they're saying? That you're not great, but you can be. So t if, if you're okay with that, fine. Celtics, you guys aren't great. You guys aren't winning a title. You got the opportunity with the guys that you have, maybe adding one more piece, then you'll be great. But you're not there right now. So go prove me wrong. Go do whatever you want, but that's how I feel right now. So uh, looking up the, you know, they they closed the book. It kind of felt like, all right, it was it was Sunday. No, uh, yesterday was Wednesday. So Wednesday night, if they won, they got the one seed. And if they lost and the Cavs won, they didn't get the one seed. So that's kind of – so the Cavs had to – the Cavs didn't – it didn't matter if the Cavs won if the Celtics won. So, like, I guess that's a little confusing. Um, let me try to simplify it. If the Celtics won, they were automatically – the number one seed in the East. Locked it up no matter what Cleveland did, they would be the one seed. So by, you know, having that opportunity, I thought they were just gonna squander it. I thought they would not be able to close the deal and then we'd have to watch the the Cavs game to see if the Cavs lost, then we could be like, yeah, technically we're the one seed. But no, we won the game handily. We beat Milwaukee, who I think is an up and coming team. We built, we beat Milwaukee, and now we, uh, you know, solidified ourselves as a minor threat. All right, minor to the Cavs. So we'll see. They're playing the Celtics. Drew, uh, I think it's yes, the Chicago Bulls. That's the team that we're playing in the first round of the playoffs. Listen, I think Chicago Jimmy Butler is a guy who the Celtics have showed immense interest in at the trade deadline for the last like two years. You know, it's. It's a team that they should beat in five games. You know, it's really, they're not a team that has that, you know, like there's some low seed teams that like you kind of would be like scared of. Um, I know in the West, you look at like the Trailblazers, all right, maybe not them, but the seven seed, um, the Memphis Grizzlies, that's a team that could easily, you know, upset. So I don't think that's Chicago, but... We'll see, um, but the Celtics should beat them. And then, honestly, if the Celtics don't make the Eastern Conference Finals as the number one seed, then it's a disappointment, straight up. That's just the only way you can look at it because if by being the number one seed, that means that you're the best team in the East based on the regular season, based on the 82 games you just played, you're the best team in 50% of the league just based off of the separation of the two teams, of the two like, conferences. If you're lowering, if the one seed in the East is not expected to make an appearance in the Eastern Conference Finals, if people are okay with them making it just a round, 
ah, yeah, just win one playoff round, I'd be good. Maybe two. You know, maybe, like, make the second one. Just just make it, like, competitive, like, you know, make it look like it's decent. Like, maybe go, like, six games or something. Like, no, no, you need you need to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals if you are the one seed. Anything short of that is a failure for the year and shouldn't be looked on as a success. So, Celtics, if you're not playing for that conference championship, then you failed and you shouldn't really be feeling that great about yourselves. And that's how I, it's just my opinion on that. I think that it's, it's dumb and it's pathetic to just, you know, lower such expectations. Every year that the Patriots are the one seed in, you know, the AFC, do we expect them to be playing in the AFC championship game? Yeah, we do. We are not just like, oh, we, you know, went in the divisional round. That's good enough. You know, if we don't, if we don't win. Uh, yeah, no, no, we're supposed to be in the AFC Championship game, all right? That's that's how that goes. No, we're supposed to be in the Super Bowl if we're the one seed in the AFC, but, like, that's a whole different story. You know, so it's just mind-boggling that people will look at the Celtics and just completely lower expectations. It's not, no, it's it's Eastern Conference Championships or bust, and that's that's my piece on the Celtics right now because as much as I want to be excited for them and as much as I was you know, watching towards the end of the season as as that Cavs game. Again, I circled on my calendar, and they got obliterated. They got pounded. They got destroyed. They got they got ethered, all right? I don't know how else you can put it, but it was humiliating. Humiliating. So I look at that game, and I'm like, this team is, in, this is nothing. Cleveland could smack us, you know what I mean? Cleveland could put us down in four in the Eastern Conference Championships if we play them. They'd put us down in four games. We'd get swept. So, no, I don't see the Celtics being a contention. I people, I hear people all the time talking about it. Hey, you know what? If if we just, you know, grudge out and Cleveland doesn't play well. And no, because Cleveland played like trash at the end of the year. If you guys don't know, Cleveland sucked right before they came into Boston. They had lost like four of the last six or something like that. Then they come into Boston, they kill the Celtics. They kill them on national television. Then they played the Hawks twice, all right, in a row, or like something like that. The Hawks came back from a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter. Sound familiar? Uh, Patriots Super Bowl reference there. They came back from 21 points and beat the Cavs one night. And then they started zero of their starters. The Atlanta had none of their starters playing and, and still beat the Cavs in Cleveland. And then Cleveland went on to lose to the Raptors last night. So Cleveland, as a whole, I don't know what it was. Maybe they w- – I should have looked this up, but I, I didn't. But I, I want to say they lost, like, I don't know, maybe seven, six of seven, six or seven of their last ten games, something like that, of the season. So, no, there's no excuse. There's no – if the Cavs don't play bad – and maybe they'll no. All right, no. They were already playing bad, and they killed you. So there's absolutely no chance of you beating them. I don't see it happening. So you green teamers out there, listen. I was with you guys, and then I watched us get plowed on national television. And I'm off the bandwagon. I'm off the hype. I see this team for what they really are. It's just an over. You know they're good, but they're way out of their league. They're not supposed to be the one seed. They're not supposed to be competing with Cleveland. And, you know, one day we'll learn what actually happened uh, to the Celtics 
you know, we'll see where it all goes with these draft picks in the future. And if we try to make a trade for someone, I have no idea what the right answer is. But the current roster right now is just a filler team that is over is is overachieving and basically is sucking people in and making people delusional. All right, delusional. Horford, who's your big three right now? Horford, Isaiah, and Crowder, really? You think you're winning a championship with that big three? Come on. Those guys don't match up with Curry, Green, uh, Clay, and Ke- Kevin Durant. They don't match up. They don't match up with Love, LeBron, Kyrie, all right, Jr., Shumpert, Tristan Thompson, like you know, Kyle Korver. Like they don't. No, they don't. They don't match up with that. They don't even match up with like. Washington, where they've got Bradley Beal, John Wall, Otto Porter, you know, they're they're not even, I wouldn't even give the Celtics the edge in that series. So anyways, that's my piece on the Celtics, and it's just, my, I might have just ripped them there, but to be honest with you, it seems like nobody else wants to, nobody else wants to believe that they're not good, so had to lay down the law there, that's chowderheads, it's what we do, alright, we don't just take the easy road and just glorify them, no, no, no. No, 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 Celtics, you don't get that from me. Not from me. Moving on, Bruins. Wow. Uh, Playoffs started last night. Last night was a great night for sports, really. You had the Celtics trying to lock up the one seed, which they did. You had the Bruins playing in the first playoff game, and you had the Red Sox. I actually was at the Red Sox game, but so I didn't get to watch the playoff. I didn't get to watch the Bruins, and I didn't get to watch the Celtics um, live, but I did see the highlights, so that's kind of... I wish I got to see it, but anyways... Bruins won in a, you know what, I'm going to call it a, a victory well needed and much deserved, or well, well needed, no, I would say a victory well deserved, much needed, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with, <laughs> wow, um, they hadn't played well against Ottawa, you know, the last two, ti- last two times since, you know, the firing of Claude Julien, they didn't really look good against the Senators, and I didn't have high expectations for them being able to actually beat them. But the Bruins came out in Ottawa, in enemy territory, to start the playoffs, and they they did their job. They got one game on the road, and that's all you need to do. And then, you know, even next time they play, if they lose, you say, like, all right, it doesn't matter. We went 1-1, one and one, and then we come back to the TD Garden. You win both those games. You're looking at 3-1. You know what? You like your chances. So it was, and it was a good win. You know, I like I said, I didn't get to watch the full game, so I don't know if it was, if it was. But from the highlights that I saw, they looked, they looked like a team that has a chance of upsetting a few teams. I'm not saying they're gonna win the cup. I already said they're not going to, but they could upset a couple of teams. You know, they could go, not super far. I'm not like I said, they're not winning the cup, but I could see them winning around two rounds in the playoffs. Wouldn't be surprised because they. They got it done, you know, in the in they were down early. The second quarter, they didn't even register a single shot. And I think Ottawa, the the Senators team, like on Twitter tweeted out like Celtics didn't record a shot on net. Uh can anyone tell us if that's a good sign or not or something like that, like as a joke. And then they scored two goals in the third period and totally shut them up. So, good job Bruins. Listen, I rip you guys a lot, Uh, I know that, but that was something, that win showed me that you're locked in for the playoffs, and, you know, it was, 
it was your key guys making key plays. Brad Marchand had the game-winning goal with like, I don't know, two, three minutes left. Um, and and usually, anytime the Celtics get the lead late in the third period, it just becomes, you know, we have to play extreme defense, and the other team gets just, you know, it's like a power play defense. The other team's always down there just slapping and hacking shots. And but I think they they played a little more uh, resilient than that, and they did their jobs. They they embraced the moment, and I think that a lot of Ottawa fans or you know players you know just thought that they could walk in and beat us no problem and they didn't and I think that's a testament to how gritty Boston uh, the Boston Bruins are and that's their identity the the Bruins are best when they're scrappy you know what I mean if you look at the league now it's it's such a quick it's all about speed and getting down there and getting quick little finesse shots in and the Bruins were never about that if you look at the team in 2011 that won it all I mean they were tough you know what I mean? They had grit. They would pound you into the boards. They'd break your will. They'd slam into you. You know, they were, think about it, three out of the four playoff series that we won went seven games. You know, so they just, that just right there shows you how tough they were, that they could go in and played. They probably played more playoff games than any other championship team ever. I mean, that's, what, seven times three is you know, 21 plus 4, that's 25 playoff games. 25 playoff games because they swept um, in the second round. They swept the Flyers. So, yeah, 25 playoff games is pretty – that's a long. I mean, that's for, you know, a sport that you already played 82 games. Yeah, that's – I'm willing to, you know, say that's that's impressive. That's more than a fourth of the season just in the playoffs. So, anyways, totally, you know, as I digress – the Bruins played well. They showed some tough, um, you know, focus, and I think that that's where they're the best. They're not any. They're not like the Penguins and the Washington Capitals of the league. Um, they're just a team that needs to play tough. They need to hit hard, uh, and they need to, you know, get to their, you know, get their spots and and take a, you know, a lower amount of shots you know with with Cassidy the shot totals have dropped but the scoring chances have soared so you know it's not just you know blindly taking slab shots whenever you get the puck but rather they're really trying to you know pinpoint just the best possible shot when they have the possession and sometimes that can be frustrating because they'll say like oh why didn't the guy just shoot it but they're looking for the best option and you know honestly it's worked out well for them and and it's it's definitely more, um, you know, more the style of the Bruins of, like, the past than it is of the Bruins that we had in the last two or three years where they didn't really have an identity. I think this team's starting to form their identity as back to that gritty, hard, you know, hard-hitting team. And honestly, you know, that's what hockey's all about, and that's the hockey that I like to watch. So kudos to you guys. Uh, the Bruins, again, they're on the road still for another game in Ottawa, and then they come back to the Garden um, so listen, I'm not expecting them to go, uh, and win both games in Ottawa, but that would be awesome. Can you imagine that we win both games in Ottawa and then we come back to the, to the garden? That'd be unreal. Um, so yeah, Bruins definitely I'm more optimistic about, I'm listen, I'm more optimistic about the Bruins than the Celtics, which is really weird for me because I'm always, always down on the Bruins, but yeah. So 
you know, that's that's something to, you know, definitely tune in. Watch the Bruins. They've earned my respect. They should have earned yours. Turn them on if you get a chance. Um, you know, and, and playoff hockey in general, a lot of these games are just, they're fun because so much is left out on the ice. It's more than any other playoff event. Hockey, these guys will play with cracked ribs and, you know, punctured lungs and broken fingers and all this kind of stuff. These are the toughest, you know, SOBs on the planet when it comes to playing in the playoffs. You know, you remember Paul Pierce, like, had to get taken off on, like, a wheelchair. I think it was in the finals or something like that in 08 or whatever. And you're like, what? Like, it didn't even look that bad. And then he was out running, like, the next game or something like that. You know, you're like, all right, really? Are you really that tough? Now, Bergeron, I think in 2013 played with like cracked ribs and stuff like that it's just you know these guys lay it all out on the ice that's all you can ask for so anytime there's a playoff hockey game on watch it because it's most likely going to be thrilling and be um you know a little more entertaining than the regular season so that's that's pretty much my bruins take you know not long because we've only had one of the playoff games and i'm sure um as the days come on and, and, and more games are played, we'll, we'll get more. But definitely impressed with the way they closed the season out and, and the way that they performed in the playoffs. So now let's move on to the Red Sox. Uh, just quickly, um, I said I was at the Red Sox game last night. For those who don't know, they got the they got a... If you thought the Bruins... I mean, if you thought the Celtics-Cavs game was embarrassing, this was unbearable to watch. I mean, it was the home run derby for the Orioles the <laughs> the Stephen Wright pitched in the first inning he let up back-to-back home runs or I think they were back-to-back he let up two home runs in the first they scored six runs I was like pull them I was booing them the knuckleball wasn't moving all right it's not good in in you know the early part of the season because it's just not warm enough out and they can't get enough grip on the on the baseball I was like get him out of here what are you doing and then I said to my friend I'm like listen in the second inning, if he even lets up a double or a long single, pull him. What does he do? Let's up a home run. I'm like, wow, pull him. Farrell didn't. Next guy up to the plate, home run. I was like, are you kidding me? That's pathetic. Pathetic. John Farrell, you, you got to know when a guy doesn't have it. Six runs in the first, you know he's not going to have it. Another home run. In the second, he doesn't have it. Then, oh, it, it takes him to let up four home runs and eight runs for you to say, yeah, maybe I should pull this guy. Come on. I mean, they had no chance after that. No chance. And, you know, they're, listen, they won the first two games against the uh, Pirates. Very, you know, the f- opening day, great win. Uh, Wednesday. I think it was, yeah, Wednesday, the same night that the Cavs were on, that Cavs game. They saw the Bruins, I mean, geez, Louise, the Red Sox went like 12 innings, standing alone, hit a three-run home run, uh, walk off. All right, I'll take that. And then they go to play the Tigers. They lose, what, three or four there. And then there's, you know, they go on and, and don't perform well at all. Um, and, and those, and Justin Verlander and the Chris Sale, like, you know, great pitching matchup. They didn't perform. 
didn't step up. They scored one run. I mean, your your ace is out there. Holland had like ten strikeouts. Went you know really deep into the into the game for you, and you guys can't give them any run support. You know, in this league, it's really hard to keep a team to one run to two runs. And you know, you guys are supposed to be. Last year, you scored like the most runs, hit the most home runs, and all that. And you guys just got. You know, you you looked foolish against Justin Verlander, and then last night you get a you get just boy, I don't even know what to say. It was so it was so hard to watch. The only thing that made the night last night better was I got on TV. Everyone left, so I just went down and I was like, you know, the second row from, uh, you know, from right behind the backstop. So uh, or the netting back there, right? So I got on TV. That was pretty cool. But other than that, it was a complete wash of a game. It was miserable. I think they're losing right now to the Pirates. It was two to one, and um, you know, I don't know what's going on. It's early, so I'm not gonna get down on the Sox too much because I w see, like, I really won't rip the Red Sox that much, like, cause I love them too, like, way too much. Like, I, I it's I definitely show favoritism there, but I will rip Stephen Wright and John Farrell. Stephen Wright. You suck. That's all I'm gonna say. You, I mean, I, you know, paid money and got all the way out to Fenway, and you lay an egg. And then John Farrell for not being able to manage your goddamn pitcher. That was so bad. You gotta pull him. It was it was miserable. Anyways, guys, that's it for the Red Sox, Celtics, and um, Bruins news. Patriots, not much is going on. Really, actually, like nothing. I think the those the preseason schedule came out, so woo, we're playing the Jaguars. We're playing and the Jaguars. I don't even know. I think it's like the Jaguars and the Giants are the two home games. That's all I know. Um but yeah, not much with the Patriots, not much more with Malcolm Butler or anything like that. So we'll see where that goes. Oh, there was one piece of news that we offered LeGarrette Blunt a contract and he didn't sign it. Um, the the details of that contract were never released, but it was said that we gave him an offer, and he kind of turned it down. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I don't know, but yeah. So that's pretty much it for the for the for the Patriots. Um, I can't really think of anything else. So yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was Chowderhead Sports. Like I said, uh, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's ch dot sports. Um, and we will do this again in a couple days. Thank you guys for listening. And like I said, Chutterhead Sports and Stephen Wright, don't you dare lay an egg like that on Patriots Day because I'm going to that game. And if you suck then, oh my God, I will be so mad. So Stephen Wright, if you're listening, pitch better. All right, thanks guys. This is uh, I don't know how many times I'm going to do this a week, but we'll see. So anyways, thanks for listening, and adios.